Good evening, brothers and sisters. So, I found a way to work around the electronic limitation. you are aware of the news. Uh, there are so many things happening in the, happening in the world, uh, including the bombing in Syria and the supposed uh, chemical weapons. Now the question is, are there quite chemical weapons? Uh, or will it be like the WMD uh, 14 years ago? is yeah, I don't know what the question about what agent is uh, court case you'll never read this paper all this food of the news okay come on news today at DL <laughs> so, you know the, the recent uh, case the county case yeah the question of what agent is. Uh, and then just a few days ago, the, there was this uh, United Airlines flight. Yeah. And in a way, all this uh, have to do with words. Uh, because now the, there's a the question of, uh, is it overbooked? Yeah. Uh, quite apparently, it's not overbooked. But we're not going to spend a session to discuss any of this. Yeah. Uh, for the for those who uh, perished or hurt or harmed and have their properties destroyed in Syria when the the missiles uh, land and explode there, it is not just words. Huh? Yeah, it's not just words. Uh, in many ways, for us to have a class like that to discuss about the meaning of words uh, is a luxury. Uh, it's a blessing. It's a, it's a fortune to have this opportunity. Yeah. So later, let's do a dedication yeah, for those uh, who are suffering in Syria. And not just Syria, actually. Around the world, in so many parts of the world, yeah, uh, we have had so.
so uh, such a long duration of peace that <coughs> uh, well, I mean, what am I to say? This you know, I was born amidst the the very start of the Singapore engine, yeah, in the uh, somewhat early seventies. So I can't say that, oh, we have enjoyed a long period of peace because I have never experienced something besides that. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm invited to those uh, interfaith talks, and then they talk about uh, interfaith um, understanding and tolerance and so on, I also share. But sometimes I feel like I'm not... Uh, I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Because well in Singapore we had the, the racial and religious riots last time. Uh, in the past few years we had yeah, a bit of conflict here and there. Yeah, people criticize and make funny snipe remarks. But it, those are literally just words. Uh, yeah. Some pastor gone go on stage and then make fun of Buddhism and Taoism. Those are really just words. Uh, but in other countries, uh, people who are driving trucks into the marketplace, uh, people who go into the, the one in UK, at the parliament, is it at the parliament house? Yeah. Yeah. Those are not just words anymore. So, um, <coughs> Uh, I want to highlight a few things before we proceed into this class. Uh, I feel that I, I should clarify certain things. Huh? So, uh, so this is what you have been looking for. Uh, last week after class, let me see. Yeah, it's here. So Kevin sent me a, a chart also. I took a look. And then I went uh, to double check on other sources on the same section. Yeah, this is the, uh, his, his chart is, uh, I call it the transpose of mine, but it's the same meaning. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I want to highlight uh, last week, someone let me see. Actually, someone asked a question. Uh, maybe she, maybe she, someone was was sitting here last week. Asked the question: the difference between yeah. So the the description in the in the text here uh, is a bit ambiguous. Yeah. So. If you look at the text, <coughs> uh, the, uh, you, can, you can put this aside uh, because the way they describe is a bit confusing. Yeah. So the, the, word, the, the number three and number four, there is a, a major distinction. is more about how uh, it will always arise together with uh, one of the consciousness. Yeah, 一切时 is about how uh, 
since beginningless time, whenever uh, whenever there is the presence of of uh, uh, the consciousness, there will be some mental concomitants that come together with it. Yeah. Since beginningless time, it's not just for today or tomorrow. Yeah. So number three is in terms of time. Yeah. All the way since beginningless time, all the way to the future. Yeah. Past, future, and present. Then, oh, she's sitting behind today. Yeah. I think you asked the question. Uh, one of you, uh, One of you asked the question. Between the difference between those two. Uh, so this, the, the number, number four itself, right, uh, doesn't have any bearing about when it happened. Yeah. But about that, when it, uh, that it arises together with uh, consciousness. Yeah. It always arises. Or was it you who asked? Yeah, you asked. Uh, same place. You're sitting at the same place. So, and the ETH is talking about uh, uh, whether something, if something is ETH, if something is spanning all time, it means that past, present, future. Yeah. Uh, it, whenever there's uh, the mind, which is the eight consciousness, arise, then this mental concomitant will arise. Yeah. So uh, not all of them are like that. And you notice that only this Wu Xing is like that. Yeah. Why? Because this, the first five are universally active. Whenever the eight consciousness arises, they will be there. And that's why it's Ichishi. Whereas for the other ones, sometimes it arises, sometimes it doesn't arise. Sometimes it arises, sometimes it doesn't arise. For example, when we are asleep, yeah, when we are asleep, majority of our mental concomitants are not active. So it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, when we, uh, uh, at different time in our life, or in some life, uh, certain, like, uh, last week we talked about this ETNT and then I simplify it to the six different realms. Yeah. So in certain realms, center, certain mental concomitant doesn't arise. Yeah. So in which case, if a second being, since beginningless life, goes through different realms, yeah. so in this life, human realm. Next life, maybe heavenly realm. Another life, maybe go to hell. Another life, go to animal, and so on. So across time, then it is not, it is not always certain mental concomitants will not always be present. Also, can I understand? Yeah. Maybe you can give an example for the Wu Pian Xing the difference. So um, so uh, if you look at Wu Pian Xing it will be quite similar in that way, but it's still different. So uh means 
that uh, yeah, the, the key thing is is across time. Yeah, across time. That means from the past, uh, regardless of when you look at, yeah, whether it's this life or next life or multiple life. Uh, so, Wufian Singh is always present. Okay. Yeah. The, perhaps what is important here is the crosses here means that this, this particular man, uh, set of mental concomitant is completely uh, to, uh, active each where with regards to all of this, all of this, and all of this, and all of this. Mm. Okay. Um, okay. The, the, la, last week you explained the difference in that uh, the si is referring yeah. to. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, is it is it still? Right at the start, I said I go and double check already. Oh, I'm so. You the, last week you can show it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that one is not is yeah, not. Oh, okay, the, okay. Part of it is correct, but then when I compare the multiple sources, then this one is standing alone by itself. <laughs> So this one you can throw part of it away. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm. So, okay, one thing to look at this is, this is Sing, Di, Shi, Ji. Right. Okay. So, Wu Pian Xing, that means the five universally active uh, mental concomitant is active all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it is also active with uh, coupled with the uh, with the eight consciousness. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I'm try I'm beginning to get it. So each has mm, it's not referring to the eight consciousness. Yeah, it's talking about time itself. Time itself. But each is referring to the eight consciousness itself. Correct. Okay. Then, Thank you. Like the, the rest, right? Uh, sometimes it's active, sometimes it's not active. So it's not each Yeah. So Wu Pianxing is not active all the time. San is not active all the time. The rest are all not active all the time. Yeah. Across here means it's active all the time. Wu Pianxing active in all the different D. Yeah, and so on. first went to US to attend the 21 day retreat. Uh, then after that ordained. Uh, one of the things I learned from my teacher uh, <laughs> is to make corrections. <laughs> yeah. Is to make corrections. Yeah. Uh, the first time I heard him make a correction, I was like, huh? Not that he keep on making mistakes, uh, but he he would uh, so it, it become a practice of mine also. Uh, that after each class, I will review what I've I've taught, and I just go and double check. Yeah, just go and double check. Or sometimes 
sometimes if there's some ambiguity, just go and double check. Okay? So everybody okay? Yes. It's your sim. You skip the class. Okay. Sing is referring to uh, how uh, under certain uh, so it's talking about wholesome, unwholesome, neither wholesome nor unwholesome. Consciousness. Which part? The first part, the beginning. Is this the page? Which page? Uh, page. Uh, page 8. Page 8. <coughs> the beginning, beginning. Oh, Liu Wei Sing So. Is this the sixth consciousness? Uh, no. No. Huh? So, so, this is the chapter on mental concomitance. So, under mental concomitance, this is saying that there are six subcategories. Uh, there are six subcategories. So, the first subcategory is what we have covered uh, towards the end. Uh, the five uh, universally active. Then the next five is the one that it has, has distinct, unique uh, uh, objects yeah, of focus. Then after that, there is the wholesome, the uncertain, yeah, or indeterminate. Then the last one, this is actually two. Yeah, the foundational defilements, or primary defilements and secondary defilements. So, uh, over here, primary and secondary. Yeah, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this new way. Yeah. So there are, there's, this is six categories. Six categories of mental competence. Yeah. Okay, so last week we uh, we covered the feeling. Yeah? I haven't finished it. 
the the Roy's chocolate. Uh, and it comes in the blue color uh, bag. Yeah. And uh, heat wrap thing. Yeah. You open up, then you can see a bit of that. And then I slide it out. Then I open up the very smooth cover. Then there's another another layer. I remove it. And then there's this plastic. Yeah. Yeah. By now you know that I've received many of these boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this uh, peach color uh, stick. Yeah. There's just this size. And then there's all this square of very refined chocolate with like chocolate powder on it. Yeah. Not too much, not too little, just one fine layer. And then I stick it in. Uh, and it's designed such that it doesn't stick, you know. You stick it in, lift it up, it comes off effortlessly. <laughs> and then I just move it towards you. And as it moves towards you, you can smell the aroma. And then you put it into your mouth, and you just can't help it. You close your mouth <laughs> and pull it out, and then you feel the, the the fluffiness of the chocolate powder, you know, engulfing your whole palate. And then, before you know it, the chocolate starts to melt. Roy should get me to do advertising, isn't it? <laughs> In a nutshell, the, the pleasant experiences like that, you're just sucked into it, you know, that you, you just want to continue to experience it. It brings delight. It brings joy. It brings delight. And then as you experience it, you hope that it doesn't cease. Before you experience it, if you have experienced it before, you will put in effort and strive to acquire it. If you fail to acquire it, you will feel distress. Having acquired it, you worry of its loss. Maybe for Royce, you don't have to worry because you want it to finish melting. <laughs> you want to melt it up. But after it's gone, can you stop at one? You cannot stop at one. Uh, and it's finished, and you open up, some more. So this is the nature of the pleasant experience. Unpleasant experience, now imagine, Sifu take out a plastic bag, and before it, I even open up the plastic bag, you can smell the stench. Pool, dog pool, Dalmatian dog pool. <laughs> and she will put on latex glove, yeah. Yeah. open up. Sufu has a gas mask. <laughs> you don't have it, so you can smell the whole extent. Run, unwrap it, and take out a good serving of the dog pool, and then I move it towards your nose. How do you feel now? How many of you will go? <laughs> yeah. 
if you are, if you are, if you do that, you need to see me after this. <laughs> uh, usually, what we'll do is we'll well before I even go in with my hand, you'll be repulsed. Yeah, and if I were to then sh- take one scoop out and shove it towards you, you will probably you know fan yourself. That aversion, repulsion. That's <coughs> what happens. <coughs> we experience painful, disagreeable experiences. Uh, uh, this is a very natural part of our, our makeup. The way we are. This is the way we are. We are repulsed by painful experiences. And from this, give rise to aversion, and if it it is sustained, then maybe um, frustration, displeasure, up to even anger. And if it can be directed to somebody, then we will have displeasure towards that person. Can I ask a favor for you to put on the... Because sometimes the battery round. Okay, thank you. So, uh, and if suddenly that's interference, you have the right to stop it. Uh, Somehow, how did I do (laughs) this? Oh, that's interference already. What is wrong? Did you? Can you hear? Oh, uh, can you hear my voice? You sure? Check again. My voice? You can hear. Now continue to listen. How about now? Better. Because I put it to mute. I forgot to unmute this. <laughs> <laughs> is it okay? Also okay, okay. Oh, okay. So is that interference? Okay. Maybe you shift that shift this over there. Okay. Yeah, but I need you to just put it in a, a bit of discomfort. Don't be averse towards me, okay? <laughs> so the third one, last week I explained how uh, the different kinds of uh, label, yeah, and why uh, why I disagree to use the word equanimity, yeah, because uh, for equanimity there should be awareness, but in the case of the our normal feelings, the third category, neither painful nor pleasant. If it's not enough to be considered painful, not enough to be considered pleasant, then in all likelihood it doesn't draw our attention. Not being able to draw our attention, then we cannot speak about being equanimous towards it. Yeah? We cannot speak about being neutral towards it as well. Yeah? We can only say that it is neither painful nor, nor pleasant. We are, for the most part, when we experience such uh, a feeling, 
we are oblivious of it. We are oblivious of it. It doesn't directly give rise to anger and so on. It gives rise to uh, ignorance of what is happening there. Yeah? Directly, we are ignorant of what's happening there. So this third, third type of feelings uh, prominently give rise to ignorance. Uh, and from ignorance, delusion. Now, it, important thing to highlight, uh, it doesn't mean that there is no ignorance or delusion inside the first two feelings. In the first two feelings, ignorance is, is present as well. It's just that the active component for the first two feelings is prominently greed and hatred. Yeah, it's prominently greed and hatred. In fact, the very reason why greed and hatred arise is because we are ignorant of the true nature of pleasant feelings and painful feelings. That's why greed and hatred can arise. So it's not that, oh, when you experience pleasant, pleasantness or pain, yeah, uh, you experience pleasure or pain, or oh, then you must give rise to greed and hatred. No, it is not. How can we know? Actually, in our life, we experience that. I always use this example. When you look at small kids, the moment they are hungry, they are not happy. The moment they are tired, they want to sleep but cannot sleep, then they... What happens to kids when when they are like that? Then they... Then they cry, you know? But for adults, adults we don't have this problem. We are able to experience some level of painful experiences without giving rise to anger. Without giving rise to anger. When you're hungry, do you all get angry immediately? I hope not. (laughs) But that's the same. Angry man is hungry. H- hungry man is angry man. Yeah. Uh, for such a statement, you know, usually, well, there's a lot of female students here. I cannot say the wrong thing. Huh? <laughs> but usually, uh, female students will sometimes, uh, not always, yeah, usually those who attend Dharma class are quite okay. But sometimes, once in a while, once in a while, stu- some students may ask like, Hey, Shifu, how come the sutra always talk about men, 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 men? Uh, but when we talk about such a statement, angry, uh, hungry man is angry man, no, no woman have ever come to me and said, Hey, how come not fair, you know? How come never talk about women? <laughs> uh, you, know, you know this? Whenever the statement is somewhat negative in connotation, then no woman want to come out and say, Hey, you have to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whether it's man or woman, uh, for most adults, we are able to experience some level of hunger without giving rise to anger. <coughs> yeah. But prolonged hunger, ah, what will happen? You have, uh, in the past, how many, few years, there were riots, 
in other countries. Do you think they were writing because they cannot buy iPhone? Have you ever heard in any countries where they riot because they cannot buy luxury items? No. It's always the very fundamental items. Yeah. Cannot buy food. Yeah. No water, no food. Riot. Yeah. Because that's survival. That's survival. So, the... Uh, so these th- these three kinds of feelings, yeah, these three kinds of feelings, mm. we have uh, covered uh, last week. So uh, da 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 So there's these differences, yeah. So in these three different So uh, I've more or less covered the descriptions here. Yeah. So, uh, with respect to these three uh, different kinds of um, s- scenarios <coughs> or objects, whether it's agreeable, disagreeable, or neither agreeable nor disagreeable, it can give rise to different types of craving. Uh, ple- pleasant, agreeable ones crave for it to last, crave for it not to end, crave for it to arise again when it ends. When it's uh, painful, uh, we crave for it to cease, to reduce, to stop, and crave for it not to arise again. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> Yeah, so before it has arisen, uh, we have this desire, we have this uh, wish, longing for it to arise. Yeah. When it has arisen, we hope that we are not separated from it. Yeah. Uh, like, if you, uh, like for example, every Wednesday at 9.30, ah, then you suffer. Ayah, one master class come to an end. Ah, this. <laughs> okay, okay. Give you a more realistic example. <laughs> when you when you meet your friend, yeah, or you go for a movie, if it's a nice movie, wow, you you never think about the time, yeah. Then before you know it, wow, three hours is gone, yeah. But if it's a not so good movie, like halfway through, you're like, what is it talking about? And you check, oh, yeah, only 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you ever walked out of a movie before? How many of you have never walked out of a movie before? Never. Oh, you've never watched Blair Witch Project? Huh? <laughs> I think I walked out of Blair Witch Project last time. <laughs> Or some show lah, yeah. I I walk out of some movies before. Watch out, we're like, oh, why is this? Yeah, walk out. So, oh, it, you feel sweet for? You're coughing up. Oh. 
Are you having dry cough or heaty cough or cold cough? Do you have phlegm? What is the color of your phlegm? Greenish. Greenish, uh, that is heaty cloud. <coughs> Sifu has a lot of, a lot of uh, friends and devotees who are very good in Zhong Yi, you know. <laughs> Some of the monks are very good also. So they have, I've received so many advice from so many people, <laughs> yeah, including my family. Heaty cough. So you can try this, uh, uh, go and get coconut drink, but don't get Yo's one, uh. <laughs> you must get the pure coconut drink, yeah, I'm serious, there was a period of time I had uh, like a bit of flu or what, then uh, some of them asked ask these questions, do you have the snot or cough, phlegm, <clears throat> what is the color? So if it's greenish, the darker it is, the heatier it is. If it's whitish, then it's cold. So if you if you always think that oh flu, then you must then it is cold. No, it's not always. Yeah, cold then it's heaty. Not always. Yeah, in your cake it's heaty. So there was one time I had heaty something. Uh, then after that, wow, the devotees brought coconut drink. It was really effective. Uh. But cannot over drink it. Uh. There was once I drink two large coconut drink <laughs> that big. Uh. Because I, I cannot fit into the fridge and then don't want to throw away. <laughs> so I drink it. One day drink the, the two. Well, after that, Yosun. Backache. So just drink one bottle. Then the next day you see how. Okay? <laughs> really try. But. Yeah, so for the for the unpleasantness, if you have uh, experienced it, you hope that you remove it. Yeah. But in fact, this whole chunk you don't have to read. Uh. You just remember chocolate and dog poo. <laughs> Don't have to memorize. Yeah, it's instant understanding. Yeah. Mm. So, Yeah. So, uh, again, this is uh, this part here. I will explain the text. Then I will give you my own take. Uh. So this part here it says that with respect to the neither painful nor uh, pleasant uh, experiences or feeling, then you give rise to. Uh, the neither uh, neither forsaking nor uh, nor leaving it. Yeah. So uh, in a way, it's trying to say that you give, you give rise to the kind of like um, uh, short term. Don't seems to, in my opinion, uh, the short term it seems like. Hey, if you're oblivious of it, then you shouldn't have any feelings towards it. But let me tell you, you can go and verify, okay? This third feeling actually is the real killer. It's the real killer. It gives us, lulls us in 
to a false sense of security. And it is the root of our attachment. Our attachment. There are many things, if you think about your whole day, maybe in some cases, some point in time, you have some pleasant experiences. Some point in time, you have some unpleasant experiences. You can remember them. <clears throat> but think about it. All other experiences, everything else you have experienced, are basically neither painful nor pleasant. While we don't consciously go and think about them, uh, but we are locked into a false sense of certainty that yesterday I experienced it also. Yesterday it was here. Today is also here. Next week it will still be here. Although we are not aware so keenly. Yeah? But we, we, we end up having a wrong view about things. That is, is always here. For pleasant experiences, when it goes away, it's very clear. So we know that it's not there anymore. For painful ones, we want it to go away. <laughs> so when it goes away, we're also very clear. But for those that is neither painful nor pleasant, whatever happens there, we're not very clear. So we tend to think that, yeah, it's there. It gives rise to a false sense of certainty. Yesterday was like that. Today is like that. Tomorrow will be like that. Uh, when we do our cultivation, or when we first come into Buddhism to learn the teachings, most people come in to overcome hatred. Most. Not all. Yeah. Uh, why? Because anger and hatred is unpleasant. Yeah, we don't need to go and attend some diploma course, degree course to learn that. Yeah. Why? Because when we have anger or hatred, other people can, will, will give us a face. <laughs> yeah. When we see other people with anger and hatred, we are, we are terrified also. So it's very clear. For greed, greed is not so clear. Greed is good. Ma. Your friend... Your, your friend go on Taobao, order some things, go on Food Panda, order some things, then after that, share with you, share on the on Facebook, then you say, hey, wow, so nice. Wow. Then after that, you ask, hey, where do you get it from? Taobao. Where do you get it from? Food Panda. Where do you get it from? This and that. Wow. And then from there, it, not, not greed, greed immediately. Yeah, not the 10, 15 million greed immediately, but a bit, a bit, a bit. But still greed. So generally, for greed, craving, wanting more, wanting more, unless you want something that belongs to somebody else, otherwise nobody is upset with you. Especially if you can go and want something more together, go shopping together. <laughs> yeah, you go to go for a tour. You take some pictures. Yeah. Oh, I go to Greece, I go to Italy, I go to Japan, I go to Taiwan, this and that. Wow, then you take pictures, then your friends look at it. Wow, when are you going again? He never chew me. Wow. Okay, then you, okay, you all start to have all the kind of thoughts, yeah, from so, then have all the xiang, uh, and then after that, si, wow, make the decision. 
let us go for a trip together. So because going for a trip, you all can go together. So you all can, as long as you can enjoy your greet together, no problem. <laughs> yeah, no problem. But if, if your friend can enjoy, you cannot enjoy, uh, then you have problem. Uh, both of you go on to the flight and then the airlines take out, take you out and never take out. <laughs> oh, that's dharma every day, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so for greed and desire, uh, eventually when we learn more Dharma, we may decide, oh yeah, I want to take care of it also. But initially, nobody nobody want to take care of it. That's why it's easy to come in, but not easy to stay, Buddhism. Uh, why? Because, wow, wow, it feels quite good, come. Yeah, then, uh, if you go too deep, then you find wow, very wow, wow, very tough, like. Yeah, just go a bit, okay. Yeah, do dana, do a bit of prayers. Yeah, don't attend too much dharma. Talk, okay, can. Yeah, then the more you attend, the more wow, how come so complicated? Oh yeah, then give up. So, even up to this point, we're only talking about greed and hatred. Yeah. But the core of Buddhist teaching is how it deals with ignorance. Yeah. So, um, a very common conver- conversation that happens or dialogue that happens during counseling is, So, Sufu, how? Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I attend your class. Well, it makes sense. Uh, but I try. Uh, sometimes can, sometimes cannot. Sometimes I can watch my anger come out. Uh, but I still... I still score. How? Yeah. I know that I shouldn't have that give up, give in to the desire, but wow, I, I still uh, give in to it. Yeah. Whether it's food la, or buying things, la, whatever, still give in. How? It's simple. I try that. When, when the desire arises, right, I try to observe my breath. Cannot eh? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, so this is a very common dialogue. Uh, why? Because by the time it has arisen, it's a bit too late. And the next question I usually ask them is, so before it has arisen, do you observe? Uh, huh? Must observe before that. Because mm. usually... We only want to bring in the Dharma only when there's problem. Uh, that's why Chinese have a saying, It means, 无事 means uh, nothing happening. 不登, that means you don't uh, climb up to the the, the hall of the tree, uh, the triple gem. If nothing is happening, who would climb up to the hall of the triple gem? Yeah. Understand? Uh, so next time you hear, 无事不登, then you must say, 三宝殿. Uh, San means tree, Bao means treasure, Dian means like a hall. Okay? And it's, it basically means that people don't come to the triple gem, don't come to the Dharma when they, have, when they, they don't have any problem. But 
to me, that's a deeper meaning. The deeper meaning is, we don't realize that there's problem. That's why we don't embrace the Dhamma. If we see clearly, then this, all the realms, there's no stability. But it's because most people, they think, so-called normal days, they think everything is okay. We are locked into this false sense of security. Yeah. And so we, we don't, we don't actively use the Dharma. So this number three, the third kind of feelings, is actually a very crucial part of our practice. Yeah, a crucial part of the practice. Uh, if you want to progress, if you have been doing your practices and you find that you hit a roadblock, uh, you can try this. Go and observe the moments where you have neither painful nor pleasant experiences. I can explain to you why, but if you go and try it out, you'll figure out why, you'll observe why. Which one do you want? Explain or figure out, observe yourself. <laughs> yeah, everything you want to just just tell us just tell us we copy down <laughs> I explain you copy down the notes become wiser <laughs> it's, it's actually very simple <clears throat> simple to understand not easy to do and even after I explain you must still go and do it for the effect to take place. I always draw a line. Then after that, I say, okay, let's say, when you experience, because most of the time, we are experiencing the neither kind of feeling. So most of the time, we it doesn't cause us to have an increase or decrease in our happiness or pleasure. Yeah, so it's just to do to do. Then when you have pleasant experiences, what happened? Uh, you go up. I'm just drawing a straight line. Uh. It may not be a straight line. Then after experiencing it, after a while, it will... And again, I just anyhow draw a line. Maybe a straight line, maybe a, maybe a decay like that, maybe a like that, I don't know. Okay? But it will... Will it stay there? It will not stay there. It will decline. So, what is this feeling here? Actually, this feeling here is also neither, you know. You don't need to experience pain here for the pleasant, the, the pleasant high to de decrease, you know. All you need is for the pleasantness to disappear, then your happiness disappear. And the, the happiness here is defined by the gradient. Like that means happy, like that means neutral, like that means sad. 
So if you continue to have pleasant, pleasant, what will happen? If instead of this, you have continuous pleasant. Will, it, will you just keep on having happy, 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 happy? Until you go crazy? <laughs> or attain nirvana? <laughs> no. Yeah. What will happen is that you will taper off, and then after a while, the pleasantness, that, that feeling that is that was pleasant, also don't you don't feel that it's pleasant anymore. Take icon for example. Our class starts at seven thirty, so by the time you come in, it's not so hot outside. But imagine if it's a hot day. And then you came in earlier. So when you came in, the icon is still not on. You turn it on and start to cool down. And then you in, initially you feel that, ah, nice feeling. But now do you feel like there's any nice feeling? Do you feel any nice feeling? Ah, feels normal. Yeah. So there's some interplay here. Um, let's... Let's assume that it has gone off. Okay. Then from neutral again, if you have some painful feeling, what will happen? Oh, then you will go down. I will leave it to you to go and figure out whether if your painful feeling continue, will it taper off also? <laughs> or will it continue to become more and more painful? You know, unpleasant until it... Mm. I'll leave this part for you to go and observe. So, usually, uh, we don't have to talk about pleasant. Uh. Is any of you at the stage where you want to deal with the, your desire? How about anger? Who wants to deal with your anger? I want to deal with desire. Huh? Only one person. So the rest, you don't have anger and, and desire? <laughs> so what happened is that usually by the time anger has arisen, uh, when we first uh, learn Buddhism, uh, or maybe even before learning Buddhism, then there's unhappiness all the way until it becomes anger and and then maybe after a while after the incident it goes off yeah then okay then we come over here okay then after the incident yeah maybe it's at work then after after the incident you are driving or you are taking the train and then nothing to do then you you hu then you think about what happened uh, you think about your boss or oh, in front of everybody criticize you, oh, you <laughs> or maybe your colleague asks you like challenge your proposal and then at that moment you are too stunned how can anyone be so rude <sighs> then you think wow, you, wow, the more you think you again anger arises already here gone no? then here arise again then after you think ah Monday huh Next Monday, not then you know. Uh, <laughs> you watch out. 
next time if you do that again, this is what I will say to you. Oh, then you feel very happy. Happy, happy. After that, suddenly you think, hey, wait, 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 come, come. Maybe if I say that, you may say something else. Oh, then you, wow, then you, if you say that, the other thing, wow, it made me feel very, well, then it kept going on. <laughs> and then suddenly, you feel, ayah, why am I wasting my time? Okay, so this is before you learn Dharma. After you learn Dharma, still the same thing. <laughs> but maybe a bit better. Yeah? Maybe before you learn Dharma, the actual incident, then after that, well, it got you know, like stock exchange. Then maybe it's like times 10. Uh. <laughs> wow. Then after learning the Dharma, maybe it's 9 times. Yeah, 9 times. So, um, the trouble is, uh, if we try to overcome this after the fact, uh, it's too late because it already happened. Uh, if you only observe, then you, you, you learn Dharma, you cultivate, then to the point where while it's active, oh, then you observe. Suddenly you are aware, oh, I'm having all these discursive thoughts. I'm having all this anger now. Oh no, what must I do? So, if you observe over here, it's still not so bad, you haven't finished. Yeah. But, if you can observe it here, at the point where it's starting to incline towards, <coughs> ah, then it becomes easier. That's more effective. But to do that, you must be observing the neither, the part that, the, the most part of our day where nothing is happening. You must observe yourself in those moments. <laughs> then you can see that this, this part, you know, The, our, our, uh, mental movement. Yeah. Our mind starting to incline here, incline there. In order to see that inclination, you must observe the mind when it is at the, uh, at the part where it's experiencing neither this nor that. But this part is very boring. Because that's, for human beings, uh, there's a lot of this. And it is, it doesn't draw attention. Yeah, that's why it's very difficult. But what activities? Yeah, but must So our our training in meditation helps us, because usually when you meditate, until the, there's pain, there's no pain, ma. And when you observe your breath, it doesn't give you a lot of pleasure. Initially, no uh, extreme pleasure or pain. So it, it, it trains us to go and observe something that is neither painful nor pleasant. And that's why when we are meditating and there's any changes, it's so apparent. Because we are spending all our time observing the neither painful nor pleasant experiences. Such that, but even then, uh, initially, Although we are supposed to be observing that, 
the pain in the leg seems to just pop up also. But you will notice that gradually as you meditate, then you start to observe that the pain is not one lump. And it doesn't just come like that. It slowly builds up. And if you can observe it slowly build up, it doesn't build up the way it usually builds up. Yeah, so this is the... But this is just... This is, this, this is only useful to you if you go and observe. Huh? Otherwise, it's just knowledge. So disappointing. Uh. Uh, meditation is a very direct way. Indirect way is, for example, if you chant Buddha's name, if you chant mantra, uh, that's the indirect way. Uh, and only if you do it correctly. If you do it wrongly, then you're not even observing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why... For the, I, I just use an example. Uh, whether you chant mantra or you chant um, Buddha's name, uh, the instruction is to chant as and when you can. Yeah, it doesn't just say or oh, chant, chant when you are angry. Yeah, it doesn't say that. Chant throughout, even when you're not angry. Especially, I must say, when you're not angry, you should be chanting. Because then it helps you to maintain that awareness, that mindfulness. Such that before you reach critical mass for anger, <coughs> you are aware. Yes? Uh, I tried chanting the mantra. Ah. So uh, at first I, I chant the mantra. It's just like off-pointing. Uh. Then my mind still is uh. so all over the place. Uh. Then uh, I tried chanting the mantra in my mind. Then I realized, eh, the mind sometimes like can split, you know. <laughs> well, one part of it is chanting, the and, and and I chose a very long mantra to chant, <laughs> not uh, like the very easy kind where you uh, just chant. Learn learn yinzhou. No la, I I chanted tabei zhou la. Tabei zhou. Okay. Yeah, the very long version. So uh, I, I still need a, uh to pay attention to to the chanting in my yeah my mind. But then there is this other part of the mind that will still wander off. Yes. So does Wei Shi kind of uh, yes. explain this kind of yes. straying mind? So uh, you will notice that for the, most of you, if you have uh, tried attending puja, initially, wow, there's a high cognitive load. Because Chinese characters, yeah. Then it's in traditional script for Pana. <laughs> yeah. Then what happens if you are if you put in your effort, you must put in a lot of effort also. Yeah. So initially, for most people, you will find that ah the mind is wow very nice wow good wow good experience wow because why every single word. Wow, you must really keep on flipping and catch up. So you are putting in a lot of effort. Then after a few months, After six months, one year, 
After two years, then in the mind, come to this chance so slow. <laughs> so, so this is the problem. Right? Uh, the mind So, very interestingly, in the computer world, uh, there is two kinds of multitasking. One type is uh, single call, and then uh, multi-process or multi-thread. Another type is multi-call and the same multi-process, multi-thread. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so most people think that when we multitask, wow, we can, we our mind can do many things. Yeah, but we are we are usually doing this multi-threading and multi-processing. Meaning, again, I draw a line. So, uh, let's say you have the chanting, okay? Chanting. Then what happened? We 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 go and do chanting, chan chan chan. Then thinking. Then maybe initially we are not so good, so we only think a bit. Then we'll come back to chant. Then after three months, we then we chant ting ting. Then chan chan chan. Then after six months, we think, 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 then chant, chant. Then after a while, we, then after a while, think, chant, think, chant, think, chant. <laughs> after three years, chant, ding, 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 <laughs> chant, ding, ding. Because in a way, when you look at this, maybe maybe a lot of this mental process is required for one word. Na, just one na, maybe need ten of this. So you can you can still slot in a lot of things inside. You no, know? uh, can slot in a lot of story. Yeah. Luckily, you are chanting the da bezo. If you are chanting other one that has the long melody, yeah. <laughs> then by the time you, you reach halfway, your mind is don't know where already. Yeah. So, um, so this is basically that the mind is doing different things. Yeah. We are just taking different time slot to do different things. Yeah. Um, this is also affirmed inside the, uh, I think, psychology. Yeah, neuroscience also talk about this. Yeah. 
So, uh, in Buddhism, we say the mind can only entertain one state at a time. Yeah, and so this is actually the basis for our cultivation. If at any point in time wholesome uh, states arise, then evil and wholesome states will just cease. Any time evil and wholesome states arise, wholesome states will cease. Yeah, and that's why. Uh, the Buddhist cultivation, Buddhist cultivation is in many ways very prescriptive, yeah? very um, direct. You have anger, you have hatred. The Buddha's antidote is cultivate loving kindness. Mm. But you must cultivate lo- loving kindness before you have anger arise. Until you, you have mastered it, you cannot do it. If, if you have not mastered loving-kindness yet, then it, anger arises, you try to do it, cannot. Yeah, but once you have mastered it, what does it mean by master it? It means getting used to it. Yeah. The word for bhavana is repeated cultivation. Repeated cultivation. Repeated practice. That's why if you look at all the Buddhist practices, it's about repetition. Meditate, observe, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe, breathe until you are bored. <laughs> yeah? But if you can overcome that, uh, then it becomes very natural to observe the breath. If you cultivate love, last time I, I used to think, hey, it's like psychoing ourselves, may I be well and happy, may I be free from ill will. <laughs> yes. Then after that, radiate out. The best is the radiate out. Uh, let's say, may my friends be well and happy. May all beings be free from ill will. Like, if, if you are meditating with a teacher, and then the teacher say that, it doesn't feel so bad. But if you are meditating by yourself without a earpiece, then you are talking to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but later on, I realized it's not a joke. Yeah, but if you just read the words, uh, you just keep reading the words. As long as you are, if you read it, meet and mean it, uh, over time it also sink in. Yeah, but if you, you can try this now. Yeah, uh, try to think of someone that you just quarrelled with or you're not happy with recently. Try to think of the face in your in your mind. Can think of that person roughly lah. Don't have to have full features. And then try to visualize that person smiling. Ah, not so easy, uh, you realize? And then smile at that person. In a way, the the cultivation of love is something like that, you know. To, to keep doing it. You see, when we are meditating, some people say, but you are just sitting there, it's all just in your mind, right? you are not helping anybody, you have to go and help people. Yes, that part is important also. But this part is about, without anybody, are you able to get used to loving someone? And when we say loving someone, it's not the, I love you, you love me, BGR love. It's the very genuine, Wishing for someone to be well. 
really wishing for someone to be well and wishing for that person to have no suffering and to get so used to this state of mind. So much so that if you keep doing this until you are so familiar. Familiar to what extent? Uh, Chinese have another saying, San Yeah. That someone who is in a certain trade, uh, you talk to that person, within three words, the person will, will be talking about his trade. Yeah. You, uh, have, you, have you heard of this story about the light bulb? In a company, a light bulb broke. Then the, the salesperson come over. Uh, is there a sale? Uh, how much did it cost us? Should we amortize the cost? Then the engineer come in. Uh, what is the socket fitting? What is the power rating? Uh, what kind of bulb should we replace? And the lawyer come in. Who can we sue? <laughs> Actually, we are always cultivating. So when we go to work, we are cultivating this kind of mindset. If you talk to housewives, they will tell you all about the 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 uh, all the sale that is. But I'm not putting them down. Uh. If you talk to a someone who is insurance, someone who is in real estate, that their whole, it's been transformed, you know, which condition our mind to think that way. Similarly, I will admit to you, for me, two things, uh, two main things, programming and Dharma. <laughs> so much so that in 2008, when there was the, the Lehman Brothers uh, crash, right, I was having a retreat, I didn't know what was happening, then my, one of my students was sending me in and out. He told me, he said, Oh, I feel very bad. I'm like, Why? Why is very bad? He said, Oh, you don't know. I said, What? Because <laughs> I was in a retreat. I never read newspaper, never check anything. So he, then he said, that There was a, there's a major crash. Half the whole world's stock value has disappeared. Then I was like, and you know what was my next response? <laughs> I wasn't trying to poke fun at him or anything. But my response was, Ah, this is Dharma. <laughs> There's no inherent value in stocks and shares. <laughs> so if you were to... So imagine, I mean... Not asking you to quit your job and every day may I be well and happy, okay? <laughs> yeah, but if on top of your work, on top of our usual conditioning, then we con we do a we call it conditioning if you want, call it brainwashing if you want. Hey, if if a certain brainwashing can get you enlightened, why not? <laughs> yeah. So in a way, the this practice is about getting your mind to become f- so familiar with with being sensitized. And it's actually many times we miss out this part. It's about being sensitized to the absence of happiness in others. It's not just about may you be well and happy, but to see clearly that this person has no happiness. Whether it's, it's, it has the person has happiness or no happiness, to see clearly that part. <laughs> 
And then compassion to see clearly whether that person is suffering or not. Yeah. And to become so familiar that when you interact with others, that's the thing you see. Now, I, I can teach you this, uh, but I still cannot do it all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I can see it. Yeah, when, when, you can, when I can see it, then even when someone is very aggressive, oh, I, I don't feel that, hey, hey, who are you talking to? Sufu, no? I, I don't have that kind of mindset. But when I don't see it, then I... <laughs> so, so whether it's, it's practicing of loving kindness and so on, or chanting of mantra, Actually, a lot of times when we chant mantra, let's say tap it yeah. Um, it's actually not just namoha naitana tonayaye. Yeah. The whole tap is a, is a whole series of verses in praise of the qualities of Kwan Simpusa. And then making aspiration. Yeah. That's one part which is a bit, in, a bit, uh, which is like invoking Kwan Simpusa to be within you. Yeah. You can take it, if you take it literally, then it's like Kitang. Yeah. And, and if you look at the translation, it's literally quite and quite and lie, lie, lie. Yeah. But if you understand it from Dharma, then it's basically you making the aspiration that quickly I want to be like one Simpusa. Yeah. And condense to Om Mani Pameho, then when you recite it, is to have that kind of mindset. How can I be like the wish-fulfilling pearl for all sentient beings? To fulfill their wish to be happy and free of suffering. Yeah. So it's not just saying, may you be one happy, but asking yourself, ah, how can I be? How can I fulfill your, this wish? All of us have wishes. All sentient beings have wishes. But the fundamental wish is to be happy and free of suffering. We may, we may like different handphones. Some people don't care about handphones. But everybody care about being happy. And everybody care about being free of suffering. Yeah. Uh, so, beyond the, the implication of the multitasking, there's the other layer, which is each mantra has certain focus. Uh, certain focus. So, uh, but that, that's a good question. Oh, I, I hope this can be of help to you all. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you are doing the practice uh, that is focused on meditation, uh, on the breath, on loving kindness and compassion, whether you are chanting mantra or Buddha's name. Yeah. The same underlying principle is there. So... So, because of that feeling that we have when we come into contact with things, then it can compel us. Now, don't be be mistaken. Uh, It is not suggesting that every single one then it gives rise to very extreme, you know, but it can accumulate, accumulate until the point where you have you qualify to call it craving. Yeah, but it, it tends towards that. Uh, tends towards that. Oh. 
，又又受可分为五种啊，受苦乐又喜舍，嗯，苦乐又喜舍，受呃 painful ple 呃 pain pleasure， 受、so、this you 啊，受、啊、嗯、so, um, ，we used to translate as 呃、uh, worry。Worry, uh, but in the past few years, we have been correcting some of our translation because we sent up our second draft or third draft to now we are on the fourth. Now we have gone past our fourth draft. We are trying to like ah,、oh, it's very mental. It's been how many years? 2012 to now five years already, and that's a lot of chapters. We're like oh, let's just send it out to print. <laughs> But then we decided no, we we should still do the right thing. Cannot just rush it out. So the later, after much discussion and referring to a lot of text, the the you, there's one word dejection. Yeah, dejection.、Mm. Yeah. So it's 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 a negative feeling basically. Yeah, it's a negative feeling. Yeah. So、uh, these two, so this is actually a pair. The first two are bodily feelings. The next two are mental feelings. Okay, cool and love is painful and pain and pleasure. Yeah, so it's all about physical. Then the next two are、uh, dejection and joy. Yeah. So if you, but these are just words, okay? So I want to give you a, a more、uh, complete understanding of it, which is that、um, the first two are the positive and negative, or rather negative and positive bodily feelings. Then the next two are the Negative and positive mental feelings. Yeah. Because whether I use dejection or worry, it can become too specific.、Uh. Yeah. So I'm afraid you all may end up thinking, "Oh, it's that specific feeling," but it's generally the kind of negative feeling that you have. Yeah. When you have、uh, come into contact with unpleasantness. Yeah. And then the mental response to it. Then this is the Uh, mental, positive mental feeling.、Oh. So, how to how to know?、Mm, very simple. When you think about, can you again? Sifu always asks you a lot of funny questions.、Uh. Can you remember the last time you quarrel with someone? Can? Yeah. Okay. If you can remember, then now blank it up. Okay, blank it up for a while. Then now. Think about that incident again. Now, the moment you think about it, the first instant you think about it, don't don't start what、well, chapter twenty three. Ah,、uh, the moment you think about it, ah,、uh, that feeling. Ah,、uh, that is the you that.、Uh, yeah. In a way, is the is the feeling before the. <laughs> yeah. Then see, you think about something happy,、uh, so the the initial thought, yeah, the the moment you think about it, 
then you have the ah, uh, okay. Kula So the last one is uh, the neither this nor that. Yeah. Rightly speaking, sir, is equanimity. Yeah, equanimity. Rightly speaking, according to the word. Yeah, but as I mentioned last week and this week, uh, for neither painful nor pleasant feelings, um, we are not aware of it. So hard to see how you feel towards it. Yeah, it's always more like a after the thought, then we relate to it. Okay, feelings. So, from having experienced something and then you have feelings, uh, it will give rise to perception. So, the nature of it is to, to, with respect to the object, whether it's through the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, or the mind, with respect to the object, then uh, the mind would go and grasp onto, go and discriminate the various features, yeah, various features of the object, and then through this uh, grasping, through this process, uh, go and give it a name, call it this, call it that, form all kinds of ideas about it, how we call ideation or perception. Yeah. Chinese we call it xiang. Hmm. Yeah, so as I've explained. Yeah. So the whole process of giving uh, labeling. Yeah, we call it the labeling process. The labeling process. So this is very clearly uh, past the initial contact already. Yeah. But without the initial contact, then you cannot have labeling also. Yeah, you cannot have labeling also. So this part here, this Ming Yan Yeah. So uh, all kinds of names that we give to this world. Uh, but in the Yuga Chara school, when we say Ming Yan this is literally names uh, and language. Yeah. Basically, labels. When we talk about labels, it is not just about our labels using our alphabet, using our normal languages. Yeah. In, the, in the, the other text that I've shown you all, the Mahana Sangraha, it talks about the, uh, the the one that has words and the one that has no words. Yeah, so even for Mingyan, there's the, the one that our usual with language. Then the other one, which is abstract, uh, abstract form, also considered Mingyan. So uh, you can call it concepts. Uh, yeah. So you give it a concept. Whatever you experience, you give it some kind of concept. Yeah. Whether the concept is in terms of uh, uh, full-featured language, 
where you have a name for it, or it is just an abstraction, yeah, an abstract concept. Yeah. So um, these two together uh, is what we call the minion. Uh, this part is quite. This this is quite uh, core in yoga chara because uh, the whole cultivation is about recognizing that everything we experience in this world is formed out of these con- concepts or labels. Yeah, whatever you can experience in this world is just a concept in your mind. Think about it. Uh, uh, is there Sifu here? Say yes. Yeah, of course there is Sifu here. But I, I have explained this before, right? Have I explained about Sifu here? In this class? Some no, some yes. One yes. How many no? Okay, then we can explain again. So, you yes, ah. so can remember, cannot remember, <laughs> then as good as no. <laughs> Actually, she can, maybe, some of you can maybe remember some, lah, but better say don't know. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> when you open your eyes and you can see Sifu here, uh, it seems like there's a, a Sifu out here, but um, what you are experiencing is the sifu in your mind. The sifu in your mind. I can assure you, uh, of the 30, 40 of you, each of you is seeing a different sifu. But how can it be? How can there be 30, 40 different sifu? Why? Because each of you have a different experience of me and of this sifu, and you have a different perception of what is a sifu, plus many other things, all combined together, then you discriminate what you have, whatever has arise that inside you, and you discriminate, and then, wow, shape, 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 then, mm, this is sifu. And then you think that this is the real Sufu outside. This is what we call pervasive discriminative attachment. And so this part here yeah, our thinking process uh, is very crucial. This this process of forming ideas. If you again connect it back to the Buddhist practices, a lot of the practices is involved in interrupting this process. The process of forming perception when interrupted. You notice, yeah, whether it's chanting or meditation. Yeah. or any other practices. 
a lot of the practices are directly involved in interrupting this. Yeah, very interesting. Including the Huato. <laughs> very specifically Huato. Yeah, the Chinese Zen tradition. He's, he's from India, Pranav. But he wants to learn Chinese Zen Buddhism. <laughs> he wants to learn Chinese Zen meditation. He wants to learn how to chan hua to. Do you know what is chan hua to? You all don't know. No. <laughs> huh? He's from... He's in, it is not, nothing racist, okay? Don't think Sifu will say Indian one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm praising him that while he's Indian, he, you have read some text about it, is it? Uh, he just read some text. Somehow he connects so strongly that he, when he's here, he's, he's not in Singapore just to learn Buddhism. He's working in NTU. But then in, in the, in his free time, he actually spent time to go and attend this talk, attend that class. Not easier. Maybe previous life you are one of the Zen master, <laughs> but didn't make it. <laughs> Don't be too happy, yet. <laughs> but didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, maybe maybe going to take rebirth. Then, eh? Oh, this is the place of Buddha's birth. Then no, I'm going to India. <laughs> So, um, this is the function. Now, the so the outside world, the outside world, the way it is, uh, has no names. This whole world actually has no names, has no concepts. When you open your eyes. When you see something here, yeah, there's something here. But there's no such a name called Shifu here. But we all agree, we all learn before. Then, through all this, we call this entity Shifu, or Fashi, or Venerable, or Bante. You see, so many names. Then after one times, after after one time, two times, three times, four times, many times, then we start to believe that there's really a shifu, a solid entity called shifu outside here. And then we start to believe that whatever we perceive is really what is outside. In fact, we don't think about inside and outside anymore. We think that we are seeing what is outside. Yogacara school is saying, be careful of this labeling. In fact, we never see what is outside. We don't directly see it. We are always seeing our own perception only. Yes. So there are, there are many process that happens. Mm. Yeah. So Quang was saying about how uh, Sifu was introduced to your then your know me as Sifu. Yeah. Uh, so that's one part. Uh, prior to that we may also have 
been exposed to the idea of Shifu. Yeah? Which is why uh, for some new students or some students who are new to Buddhism, or in fact some non-Buddhists, they will ask me like, so how, how should I address you? Yeah, how should I address you? Yeah, because the, the whole idea to call this thing here, Shifu, is a human construct. It's a human construct. And then, when we first learn, oh, like that is called Shifu. In Singapore, we, we have exposure to all the different traditions. So, our idea of Shifu is very broad. Like that also Shifu, like that also Shifu, like that also Shifu, like that also Shifu. But for some countries, the idea of Shifu is only uh, a certain type. The ropes must be a certain color, must be a certain style. Then suddenly they see another Buddhist monk from another country. This one is Sufu or not? <laughs> but this is easy to understand. This one is easy to understand, right? But on the deeper layer, then it is that each of you actually see a different Sufu, even though it is the same one here. Just now we are talking about different ones. That one is easy to understand. But now we are talking about... when. At the same time, all of you look at this thing here, you all see a different Sufu. Even, even when a, sorry, even when a small kid comes, when small kids are very fun, yeah, when they see me, they don't see Sufu actually. They see, hey, this guy, funny hair, or, <laughs> yeah, the clothes quite strange, huh? mm. I keep seeing him take things in and out like that. Have I told you all what happened? Some of you know. Uh, one time in Koming San, one, one, one boy, a few boys were talking to me, playing with me then. Suddenly one of them, uh, I was wearing like that, waiting for the parents' class to start. One of them lunged in and... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go and dig, uh. What is inside? <laughs> wow, the mother almost fainted. Uh. Yeah, the mother must be thinking, my son going to hell. Yeah. It was a very precious moment. Yeah, because with that, he, he illustrated, Wei Si Wei. Because for him, he don't see a monk, you know. He just see another person who is always smiling at him, who is very friendly, and but has funny hair and funny clothing. Yeah. That's why when we bring kids, when you see parents bring kids to a temple, then the parents have to indoctrinate the concept. This is Buddha, cannot point. <laughs> yeah. Go inside, you must take off your shoe. Actually, it's so hard if you don't take off your shoe, right? Yeah. Does it always mean that if you don't take off your shoe, it's disrespectful? These are human concepts. Yeah. But I'm not. It, please, huh? Don't go. <laughs> next time come in, then next week, all of you don't take off your shoe. Then after, but they ask, how come you don't take off your shoe? Chongkuan Sapasu says, it's just a concept. <laughs> Once you know there is a concept, then you are free of the concept. Free of the concept doesn't mean you don't respect the concept. Free of the concept means you can 
follow the concept without being shackled by it. You know when to, to take off the shoe, when not to take off the shoe. You're not stuck with taking off the shoe or wearing the shoe. So, uh, still at this point, it is still actually quite high-level high abstraction. Because Wei Shi ultimately, it's not just about the, the verbal name, uh, verbal, non-verbal. The, it's not just about the verbal name Shifu. It is about how even the idea that there's someone here, uh, this is a discrimination. Do you see a man here? Say yes. yes. This is a discrimination. Oh, the moment you open your eyes, you see someone, it's so natural. It's like, yeah, you see a man and woman out there. But all these are discrimination. Yeah, it's all our pervasive discriminative attachment. And then, and our discrimination actually has no essence, no substance. Yeah, uh, this is the empty part. Yeah, in Yogacara, this is the empty part. Is there something outside? Yes, there's all these things outside. But our what we perceive is inside our mind. And whatever abstraction that comes out in our mind, whether verbal or non-verbal. Is actually uh, have it has no teasing uh, uh, it has no substance, no substance. Yeah. So even what I just said, the teaching itself is just a concept at this point in time. But this is a meaningful concept because if you can get used to this concept, if you can keep on reflecting on this concept. Repeating this concept to yourself, reminding yourself of this concept, then it's like the may I be well and happy. <laughs> may all beings be free from evil. It's the same thing. Then if you keep repeating this concept long enough, ah, then one day when someone praise you, wow, you are so smart, or you are so this or that, immediately, ah, oh, this is just a concept. But remember, it is like the wearing shoe or not wearing shoe. To see that it's a concept, but to recognize that the concept has an agreed upon intent. So when, if you do it correctly, you will not get into trouble. You do it wrongly, then you think that, oh, since, since all these are concepts, so I don't have to wear sh- shoe or I, have, I can wear my shoe anywhere. Then you get into trouble. Then when you go to office, then the boss say, why are you late? Then you tell us, this is just a concept. Cannot lah. Then you recognize that, ah, lateness is a concept. Then you can accept that, yeah, okay, I, today I'm already late. Don't have to be so agitated for being late. Maybe the Uber driver took a long route or get stuck. If you recognize that being late is a concept, then you don't have to get upset with the Uber driver. But you recognize that the conventional meaning of lateness without being shackled by it. 
then you will still try to be on time, but when you are late, you don't have to get upset with the whole world. <laughs> and you don't have to get, be so stressed. There are, are there consequences? Yeah, there are consequences to being late. Yeah. But you recognize that the consequences are also concepts. Think about it. Uh, I always ask people this question. Okay, if, if you don't, if you do this, if you don't do this, then that will happen. Then, okay, then, when that happens, what will happen? And this is the magic question that I've been asking people and asking myself. Sometimes I forget to ask myself also. <laughs> Uh, but you just keep asking yourself this question. If you shrink it down, uh, is so what? So what doesn't sound so good, uh? Like when some people come to see me for counseling on uh, work, you know what's the one question that sometimes I ask them? Okay, so if you if you get fired. Will you get fired? Then sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no. Sometimes they ask me like, Hey Sifu, I'm in my job, I may have to do this and do that, but it's not so good. But if I don't do it, how cannot leave. Then I ask them, why cannot? And they can't seem to give me an answer, why cannot? <laughs> They're just afraid something bad will happen, but they don't know what will happen. What's the worst thing that can happen in a company? You get fired. That's the worst thing. Agree or not? That's the worst thing. Do you want to be fired? No, nobody wants to be fired. Unless you found a new job that's as good or, or better, or you won the lottery. Yeah. But think about it. Uh, if you can overcome the fear of being fired, it doesn't mean that, oh, then you go to your boss and then give your boss a slap. But it means that you can really do your job without fear of being fired. Wouldn't that be so much more liberating? Then you can really do focus on your work and not be like, eh, hey, like that dude don't know why I get scolded. So what if you get scolded? <laughs> Is it okay to be scolded? Yeah, okay. <laughs> then, okay. Do just focus. I, you can, you, you go and try. You'll find that it's so liberating. Yeah. So even even before you can overcome all the layers of concepts and abstractions, even if you just use it up to this top layer, you find that you you look at this world. Oh, why are we stuck with so much of those things? And from all those, we we can have a lot of fear and anxiety. Yeah, so this Qing Fei Qing referring to all the different uh different uh objects in the world. Uh, yeah. This Qing Fei Qing actually there's a huge story behind. Yeah, there's a whole huge story behind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um Ting here the bracket I Ji Ming Chen 
概念。Yeah, in other words, giving an idea. 说的清非清，青黄瓷白。Yeah, uh, okay, have to have some background with the with the Indian uh, way of look, looking at visible things. Yeah, and all the different. I say it's a very huge list.、Uh. It's a whole list of different items that、uh, back in the days they consider this to be a summary of all all the different things. Yeah, all the different names given. Yeah, so Qing Huang Shi Bai. I may have mentioned it before. Yeah, the CMYK thing. Yeah, the different colors. So Qing is actually not not green. Yeah, it's actually like cyan, huang yellow. Then shi is supposed to be red. Yeah, but I, I like to I have a romantic idea that it's probably magenta. <laughs> Then bai is about the di- different degrees of brightness. Yeah, so it's like K, C M Y K. Yeah. Then including many 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 aspects, and then from there, basically describe the whole world. Yeah, basically describe the whole world. Yeah. So,、uh, yeah. So the this aspect of the mind、uh, is responsible for our whole perceptual process, the whole process of giving a name to everything. And then from the name, because of our attachment to the name, we think that whatever we experience is. Really, what the name implies. So when you experience something and you call it good, then you really think it is something good that you have experienced. When you experience something and then you give it the、uh, the label bad, then you really think it's bad. It reinforces your experiences, and then the the trouble is, we have the attachment to this as a solid entity. So, take take noise for example. The moment you call it noise, that is a problem.、Uh, the place I'm staying at, they are having some upgrading. So, don 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 don. Yeah, really. Don 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 don. And then,、uh, be, way before this, some students have cautioned me. Hey, Shifu, they are going to do upgrading. Going to be very noisy. So I was like, Ah,、oh, is it? Really? Yeah. I said, yeah, it's very noisy. You may, I think, better, better find some place and what, what, what. So I was like, is it? And now it's really a <laughs> morning. No, 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 no. So this morning when I was doing translation with my Dharma brother, so halfway through, I observed something very interesting. I observed myself being aware of the no, 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 no. But the two of us, we are just doing the translation like nobody business. It's not as though our the whole place is. Air, air type no, so you can hear the no 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 no. Yeah, but because we are not affected and we don't think about it, when we don't talk about it, then it's just a sound. But maybe next week I will try. I cannot try. I, I, okay, let me tell you first.、I'm、having my own internal discussion inside my mind, I was going to say that maybe I will try this on my dharma brother, and say, yeah. Very noisy, ah,、uh, and see what he. But then I say, I think don't need to try because I can 
I, I've known him for so many years, uh, almost, almost 20 years. So my, my expectation, my, my thinking is, if I tell him that, he'll like, hi, hi, how about? <laughs> Still okay. <huh? laughs> it's a very, it's a very mild, very, <laughs> yeah. So, so this, this is something that you probably have seen for yourself also. If you're around people who are very mild and very calm, then it's kind of rub off to you, you know, because they don't keep on harping on things. Eh? But if you meet some people who keep on about things, eh? then after a while you say, yeah, why like that? Why? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes the, the kind of people you associate with who give you the different ming yen, the kind of labels that people give to you, you have to learn to protect your your mind, your sanity. I counseled this person, so she told me that, wow, she feel very stressed. Like, Why? When she go for lunch, then her, if she go and have lunch by herself, then she don't know what they are talking about. But if she go and have lunch with them, then they will, wow, complain about this, complain about boss, complain about work, complain about... Then, wow, then she feel like she must participate, then she had to say something also. Then she also start complaining. <laughs> huh? Do you find that? So, very direct application. Protect your mind from all this concept. But doesn't mean that you must shut it off. If you cannot handle it, if you cannot handle it yet, then you can try to uh, reduce your exposure. Yeah, but don't cut off totally, because if you cut off totally, then unless you are ready to be called a hermit. Yeah? If not, don't cut off totally. So what can you do? When people say anything, uh, let me share with you. In our monastery, there were two, two lay persons, Chen Xingmin and Xu Yazhong. The two of them, Taiwanese, retired. So my teacher always said, the two of them are, to me, like monks. <laughs> So one of them, uh, very very elderly guy, and he always wear his specs like that. I don't know why his nose is not not flat, you know, but he always wear his nose like that. I mean, his his specs like that. And he, you tell him anything, and he, oh, is this way. Then he talk 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 talk. Then he, oh, is this way. He never add a comment one, you know. At first, I was, I didn't think about it. Then after one, I'm like, I got a kong, got a bo kong, and I went, like, you know. Then after, after some time, I realized, hey, that's a wonderful quality, you know. So you cannot gossip. You, you, no matter how you tell him, uh, not that I was gossiping, uh, but sometimes just, you know, because he, being the lay person, they will do the cleaning, then some, a novice monk had to do a lot of cleaning, then sometimes, <laughs> so, Oh, from even from him I learned this. Then there was once uh, one of my peer, yeah. So he was doing uh, kitchen duty, the cooking. So I was there to help with the cleaning. Then after that, I talk, 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 tell him some things. Then you know what he told me? He look at me. Then in a very like neutral, neutral state, he look at me and say, "Why are you telling me this?" 
<laughs> oh, I can almost feel my whole face like, huh? <laughs> then I'm like, um, uh, <laughs> I really don't know how to, how to explain myself. Oh, at that point in time, to be very honest, I was not so happy. <laughs> but later on, I reflected, yeah, that's, that's actually a, a good reply. Yeah, because it was a reminder to me that you are really so far, <laughs> so so far giving in to your defilements, you know. Yeah, so he just asked me this question: Why are you telling me this? I don't know whether he had this thought in in, in place, uh, But for me, it was a reminder: What is your intent? Yeah, what is your intent? But don't go, don't go around telling people this, uh, The boss. The over lunch renting to you then after you boss why are you telling me this <laughs> <laughs> next time don't have lunch with you <laughs> try this okay try it yuan xiao san zhang zu fan nao yuan de zhi hui zhen ming liao Puyuan